Brother Cody Marks. Brother Cody Marks. Incredible evangelist, mightily used of God. Has thundered in the Northwest. God has used him. And we're just getting started. We're family now. I don't know if he considers that a blessing, but I consider it a blessing. But I'm not having him preach this because we're family. I'm having this him preach this because he's a man of God. Put your hands together under the Lord, Brother Marks. Come and preach. Before we go to work, I'd like us to connect one more time. There is a... There is a need. In fact, I... It's very important to me that I carefully choose my words and... But I don't remember, if it's so, I don't remember ever feeling the, the weight of a need quite like what I feel, and not just in this service, but in this meeting. And people that come here from all different walks of life, desperately needing a word from the Lord. And... Um, I believe before we conclude this tonight, uh, many of you have already received that direction. Um, But I want to make sure that before we're finished here tonight, that everyone that came here needing something from God receives that in which you need. And... um, I want us to pray one more time that the presence of the Lord would feel this place in such a way that every need, I believe every need, I have, I have Bible behind me when I say that. I have Bible behind me when I say that. There are incidences in the, the New Testament where everyone, the Bible says that everyone was healed. So would you lift your voice one more time right now and pray that that kind of environment like to turn your attention to the book of Isaiah chapter 50. Thank you, Brother and Sister Mayo, for your confidence in us. 
And um, this does not get easier. It gets harder. Um, but we're leaning on him. And I, before I stepped out here tonight, I was reminded of a meeting that I was in with Sister Ewing many years ago. And um, she spellbound that service with her words, such an anointing and such a move of God. And we made inquiry about it after the service. And she said, oh, she said, it's quite simple. She said, I just told the Lord on the way here. Now, Jesus, you know I want to make you look good tonight. And that's kind of how I feel. I want to make him look good tonight. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 50. Got my girlfriend with me. 20 years. 20 years. And she puts up with me. And uh, I appreciate that. I love her dearly. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse number 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord? That obeyeth the voice of his servant. That walketh in darkness and hath no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord. And stay. Or one translation says. And lean upon his God. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that can pass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your own fire, and in the sparks that you have kindled, this shall ye have of mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. Notice verse number 10 again. Who is among you that feareth the Lord? Notice this, and obeyeth the voice of his servant that walketh in darkness and hath no light. I feel like when the Lord gave this to me, he specifically gave this to me for this meeting. And I'd like to do my best to deliver the mind of the Spirit to you tonight. I'd like for a few moments to talk to you about divine darkness. Divine darkness. If you would, set your Bibles down and lift your hands and ask God one more time. I know you've been standing, but come on, we're people of prayer. Pray with me again.
can be seated. Thank you for standing. Upon reading this text, it created a, initially, it created a pause. The Bible does not contradict itself. But there were some things here that Initially, in my mind, went together, and then something that I felt was thrown into verse number 11 that did not go with the, the rest of the verse. He says, Who among you fears the Lord? The person or the persons, in our case here tonight, That he is speaking to is someone that fears God. Someone who reverences God. And then he goes on to say in the next phrase, this is not just a man or a woman, a ministry, a church that reverences God, but it's one that obeys his servant. Reverence and obedience. Not just obedience to the servant, but obedience to the voice of the servant. And this is flowing. I'm with him here. Then the initial controversy that is caused, and this was just in a morning devotion, was I hit a stump, if you will. Periodically, there was a pause because this is a man that fears God, reverences God, is one that's obedient to his voice. But the next phrase says, this man who walks in darkness and who has no light. It's a dichotomy in my mind of sorts. I knew from past study through scripture that there are three types of darkness that scripture talks about. This did not fit in that framework for me. As I went back in my memory, I know there's the type of scriptural darkness that speaks of the place that unbelievers live and abide in who have not yet come into the fullness of light. That's not the kind of darkness that we're talking about here in the text. My mind moves from that type of darkness and those scriptures and those places and in the word of God to the next type of darkness that I was acquainted with. These three types of darkness I preach. We've all preached from these three types of darkness. The second type of darkness is much, or it's connected, could be a sister to the first kind of darkness. It's a scriptural darkness of ignorance. And so in my mind, I 
I went through those scriptures and I went through the applicable places that that fit. But that still did not fit within the framework of one who fears God. And one that is obedient to his voice. Yet he walks in a dark place where there is no light. That is not the man that does not have the totality of truth. This man that the prophet of Isaiah is speaking of is not the man who is ignorant. Who has not yet had an epiphany or a visitation. This is not speaking of a man who is waiting for a light to come where come on somewhere. This is not this is not Saul as he is moving forward to execute greater judgment and persecution on the Christians. That's not what's going on here. The third type of darkness that I knew scripture spoke of Probably at least in my ministry, I preach more about this darkness than the other two darknesses. Is the darkness of demonic power. Blindness. No truth. Ignorance. That didn't fit within the framework of a man who is reverent and a man who is obedient to the voice of God. Yet walks in a dark place where there is no light. The third, if the other two darknesses do not fit within the framework of this thought or motif, the third definitely does not. How could a man, hear me now, how could a man who is reverent, how could a man who respects God, fears God, walks for God, loves God, respects God, how could a man who is obedient to the voice of God, how could this possibly be a demonic darkness? As I prayed my way through this, I began to realize that up to that point, I had had three understandings of scriptural darkness. But in my understanding, I lacked, I had missed the fourth darkness. There is a darkness that the unbeliever walks in. There is a darkness of ignorance. There is a demonic darkness that all of us have fought. But help me, Holy Ghost tonight, to be the voice of clarification and explain to you there is also a divine darkness. I said there is a divine darkness. Don't confuse the darknesses that I am speaking of. There is a great difference between a demonic darkness and a divine darkness. Let me stop and tell you right now. Let me be real plain with you. This darkness that you are walking in. I am speaking to a pastor's wife. I am speaking to a saint of God. I am speaking to a whole missionary. This is not a darkness. Come on, because of something that you misheard or something that you didn't get right. This is not a darkness because there is sin in your life. Confuse not these darknesses. This is not a demonic darkness. This is a darkness that is divine. God has allowed this. How can you say that? 
Well, I can say that because I found in Scripture where your Bible says. In fact, I believe it was Solomon that pointed it out. Pardon me if it wasn't him, but it was one of the writers, the Old Testament writers. He said, it was God that said. It may have been Moses. He said, it was God that said, I dwell in the darkness. I dwell in the darkness. Not only does it say that I dwell in the darkness, but a beautiful, a beautiful portion of scripture, a few chapters before in Isaiah 45 and 3 says, I, the Lord, this is the Lord speaking, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that ye may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by name. Hallelujah. I have come and I understand it's unorthodox. Deal with it. That's my ministry is unorthodox. I know there's a certain way you're supposed to close. I got to close the way Jesus wants to close tonight. I want you to know this is not a darkness that's going to destroy you. This is a darkness that's going to set you up. When you leave here, you understand that the dark place that you're walking through, that you thought was doomed and dreadful and full of death, is really not. God sent me here to tell you that darkness is fertile with creation. The darkness is fertile with treasure. The greatest revival you've ever had is going to be born in this dark place that you're in. Senior demon, screw tape. And C.S. Lewis, his book, The Screw Tape Letters. Senior demon, screw tape, says to junior demon, Wormwood. He says, now it may surprise you to learn that in his efforts to get permanent possession of a soul, Listen now, he relies, he relies on the low points and the valleys even more than the peaks. Senior, senior demon screw tape says to junior demon Wormwood, are you hearing me right now? Some of his special favorites have gone through longer and deeper valleys than anybody else. God does not just trust anybody with his treasures. He trusts those with his treasures. Come on, that can be faithful in the dark place. We're going to leave here tonight looking different about the dark. You don't have to be scared of the dark. There's treasures in the dark place. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Some of you come in here and the devil's tried to convince you this is his kind of darkness. The devil's tried to convince you that this darkness is a sign of finality. I've come to bring clarification to this conference. It's the ones that have feared God. It's the ones that have heard the voice of God. Come on. That are going to reap the treasures of the dark places where there is no light. Oh, missionary, this darkness is not about death. It's about depth. Oh, missionary, this darkness is not about destruction. This darkness is about development. Are you hearing this preacher right now? You're not going to die. You're going to fly. This is not going to abort the baby. This is making the baby possible. Clap your hands if you believe that right now. I know my assignment is not easy but I plan by the help of the Holy Ghost to do the best of my ability to execute it I know we shy away from the night I know we recoil come on against the thought of having to go through the night come on but I'm looking for somebody that says yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil The subject of divine darkness has been largely neglected, untreated. And because of this unknown, in the 20th century, the 21st century of evangelical speaking and writing, you will find very few things in regards to divine darkness. It's a tool that lays on the eternal desk of God that is rarely utilized because some people cannot handle it. They don't understand what they're facing. They become disoriented, discouraged. Come on, are you hearing me right now? And dejected. God gave me a word in prayer this afternoon. Dejected. I want to minister to the dejected folks in this house. Let me tell you, the devil didn't do this to you. You're in this dark place, and he's convinced you you didn't hear God. I'm not supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to start this church. We've gone something wrong somewhere. You don't know what's going on in my family. You don't know how it's affected my marriage. You don't know what my wife's going through in her mind. Hear this preacher right now. Just like the dark womb of a mother, you can't see it, but I've come to prophesy to somebody there is structure being formed there is a spine being developed there is a bait
It's only the people that God chooses to use mightily that he can entrust with divine darkness. It's the likes of Abraham's, Moses's, Job's, Jacob's. Are you hearing me right now? You're the one that said you didn't just want to have another revival. You're the one that said you wanted the promises of God. You're the one that said you wanted to take your city. Now you've got to learn to trust God in the dark places. Darkness came to the prophets and they wept. Darkness came to godly kings and they humbled themselves. David, my friend, lived in the darkness of caves. Come on. It was the dark nights on a shepherd's field. Are you hearing me? On the backside of a lonely Judean hillside somewhere. It was in a lonely cave somewhere with somebody hurting, hunting his life and one in his throat. Are you hearing me? David's anointing came from the dark places. Darkness comes from the hand of God. It's the holy terror of waking up one morning and all of your feeling is gone. It's the terror of the bass of praying and nothing happens. Divine darkness. You pick your Bible up and you read it. And you understand the words that you're reading, but there is no light. Scriptures that were once salve now create a strain. You search your heart and you find nothing to match what you're going through. Preachers preach on repentance and you repent. You repent over things you've gone back 20 years ago. You have scraped. You have, you have raked. You have swept. You have pulled. You have done everything possible, come on, to make sure that the, that the room is clean and free from leprosy. But there's still an indescribable emptiness. You rebuke the devil. Only to feel like that his voice is stronger and his breath is hotter. You ask others to pray. You stand in the altar. And I've been there. It's not because you're not called. Do you hear me? It's not because you don't have a destiny. It's not because you've taken a wrong turn somewhere. It's not because you misheard God. It's not because you displeased God. Come on. It's quite the contrary. This is divine. 
I've been in dark places. Dark places. Let me tell you something. I didn't even think about this, but I spun around and seen your face. You thought this was going to destroy you. Would you stand up now and let these people know that it didn't destroy you? Come on. But it's made you everything. Come on. It did something for you that being raised in church couldn't do. It did something for you that your daddy couldn't impart into you. Darkness. Darkness did it. If I, young man, let me tell you something. If I have any depth of anointing, I'll leave that to you to judge. But if there's any anointing here, I thank God for good godly leadership. I thank God for good godly parents. I thank God for a godly family. Come on. But this was not an anointing that was imparted by a ministry. This was not an anointing that was imparted at a conference. Good things have happened. Fingerprints have been left on me. But if I have any level of anointing, if there is any good thing in me, it has come from the dark places divine things that God allowed things that God trusted me with so and so just come pray for me I stood in meetings I'm not the only one that didn't bury my face in the carpet. I left my face where they could see, hoping someone could see and read on my face the utter terror of the trouble that I was facing. Hoping that someone stand there cracking my eyes every once in a while. Come on, it wasn't tears of something that I was feeling, but tears of frustration of the dark place that I was stumbling stumbling through and, and trying to win my way through. What caused this? How did this happen? How did I get here? The devil didn't do this, Jake. It's divine. Only to have that one that has been able to pray me through things in the past lay their hands on me into my further disappointment. I was still dry. Anybody here have songs that have stuck with you through the years? Go-tos. I got a go-to. If nothing else works, I can listen to, he's the only reason I live. But oh, what a reason. But I've been in some dark places that even the go-to songs, when I connect them to the, to the radio and I'm straining, I'm trying my best to feel something. Even the old songs, it won't move me. It's like, it's like something has happened. A switch has been flipped. A knob has been turned. And I feel nothing. I'm talking about a dark place. You talk. But you don't know how to translate. Come on. Come on. You counsel, but you leave more frustrated because it's the waters are just more muddy than when you began with. He doesn't have to bury his treasures. All he has to do is put them in dark places. Because it's not about somebody being willing to dig them up. It's about somebody being willing to go through it. 
It's dark places where you got people around you, but you feel so lonely. You heard other people say it and it never made sense to you until you stepped into this place and now you can understand and now, now you can relate. Now it resonates with you. Now you can say, nobody understands. Inexplicable, inexplicable sense of loss. Drowning uncertainty, powerful perplexity. And then what initially seems like a deadly concoction, a total withdrawal of any sense of the presence of God. said in services you take your usual notes the message is great as bad as you wanted to brother Jesse it's just like it can't find the heartstrings anymore and those melodic chords that the word of God used to pluck so capably and easily it's like no matter how riveting the thought is or how moving the message is it's like the hand of that word cannot find the strings of my heart what do you do well we've been taught to pray and so we pray And you get on your knees and you tell God that this doesn't feel good. And prayer changes things, right? And you leave services where everybody else touched God. And you get in your car. And it's not because you want to chop your hair off or live a licentious lifestyle. But you get in your car and you drive down the road and you're like, what is wrong with me? You take authority of the devil and it's still there. You talk to your pastor and it's still there. And then the cloud of concern begins to set in like the morning marine layer. There's no possibility the sun could ever break through this dreary, dreadful, cloudy place. And the concern that consumes you is, am I deeply deceived? And some of you came to this meeting and you come to this meeting saying, God, show me. What am I doing?
going wrong? Why is my church not growing? Why have my kids backslid? Why are people in my church fighting me? Why are witches? Why are witches standing on the corner praying against what we're doing? Why is everything I'm touching wilting? Come on, if you're here and you're having revival, thank God. But you need to pray for your brothers right now. Why? 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 What have I done wrong? And God gave me an assignment to tell you nothing. You have done nothing wrong. This is not about what you've done wrong. This is not about what the devil's doing to you. God has allowed this. There's going to be a baby born out of this. There's going to be a revival come out of this. There's going to be a level of anointing that comes out of this that will break every. Hallelujah. Brother Urshan, God knew, God knew what it was going to take to break the principalities in Memphis before you ever moved your family there. Hallelujah. Come on. I hope you leave this meeting saying, I'm not going to die in this darkness. I'm getting my wings. Hallelujah. God's given me an authority. God. God praise right now. How do I escape this? Listen to me right now. You can't escape this. But I can tell you, you read the story of Jacob at Jabok. I can't tell you you can escape it. I come to tell you you don't want to escape it. But I have come to give you this encouragement. You can make it through this. Do you hear me, Pastor Fred? You're going to make it through this. I know you feel like that this is going to destroy you. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to be redundant. But this is divine darkness. This is divine No light doesn't mean no Lord. The first creation narrative begins with darkness. Come on, folks. I don't have the education to argue with you. Get on board with me here tonight. I'm not theologically. When I get through here in a minute, you're going to say, well, he is right. The first creative narrative begins with darkness. Light wasn't creation's canvas. In the beginning, light was not creation's canvas. In the beginning, every great revival's got to start somewhere. Come on, there's got to be a first miracle, a first family, a first revival, a first healing. In the beginning, light wasn't creation's canvas, darkness was. And the Lord was there already at work before light was a thing. Everything God made was from the dark. Everything that God made was from the dark. 
You ready for this? This divine darkness that many of you in this place have been walking through is not a genocide. It's a genesis. If that won't work for you, nothing's going to work for you. Jesus spoke that to me this evening for you. This is not a genocide. This is not something that's going to wipe you out. This is not something that's going to cause you to go belly up financially. This is not something that's going to bankrupt your health and bankrupt your joy. This divine darkness is not going to wipe out the Jesus name church. This is a genesis. This is a genesis. This is creation. God. God is about to flex his creative power in your city. God is flexing his creative power in your ministry and in your life. Creation's canvas was not light. It was darkness. The dark place took the proclivity out of Jonah to run. Oh, God. I don't know if you did it. I don't know if you've done it consciously or subconsciously. I'm I'm fixing to work on this right here. You hear me? You're still renting. You know why you're still renting? You know who you are. It's not because you can't afford a house. You're still renting because you, you're scared and you want to keep a back. You, you, you're leasing. You're renting. You haven't bought in yet. And you've spent your whole life running from stuff. You know what you need to do? You probably never heard a preacher say this, but you're going to hear one say it right now. You need to go back to your city. If God called you there, If you are that man we read about that is reverent, that respects God, if you heard from God, I don't care how much hell you're fighting. I don't care how many families in your church are on the verge of walking out. Maybe they already walked out. I don't care what the ties look like. I don't care if you didn't even have a honeymoon and you're wondering why I didn't have a honeymoon. You know what you need to do? You need to go home and buy a house. I don't care if it's a thousand square feet and you got ten kids. You need to go home and buy a house. I don't care if it's a piece of junk and there's holes in the ceiling. You need to let the devil know I'm going to let this darkness burn out of me a propensity to run I'm here to build a church I'm here to be used of God you got all these little side businesses you got your hands in 15 different things because you're scared to death you're letting those people in that church manipulate you you need to go home and you need to hit that pulpit and you need to let them know I'm God's man I'm here to stay come on
want to take it a step further. You say, I don't believe in all that. Okay. Stay blind. Because you don't want somebody spitting in your eye socket. I dare one person this place to take for real what I'm saying. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost just spoke it to me. Go home and buy burial plots. Well, I'm 40 years old and I ain't planning on dying. No, you can afford whatever it costs to make a spiritual statement. This dark place that I have been in has been a treasure. And I want God, when I leave Summit 2019, to know running, my running shoes, I retired them. My running shoes, I left them on Friday night at Summit. I'm not going anywhere. I'm on a Tell them on Sunday, I'm going to die here. Aaron Dansby, go home and buy barrel plots. Let the devil know men are not going to run me out of here. Come on, bullies are not going to run me out of here. Spirits are not going to run me out of here. I'm here. I'm in charge. And we're going to have revival. Are you crazy enough to do that, Jesse Glendo? Sis, will you hold him to that? You go do it. You hear me? How strong I feel about this. If this doesn't work in six months, you call me and I'll quit preaching. You hear me? That's how strong I feel. You say, that's dumb. I ain't old enough to buy a burial plot and a headstone. It's a statement. I didn't come here to leave. I came here to win. You know why you're having? You know why you're having what you're having? You know why it didn't even touch the surface? Come on. It's only special people that God entrusts with dark places. Not everybody gets to go through losing a son. Not everybody gets to go through that. But it's no more, Sister Erpeldine, poor me. When you leave here and you understand it's divine darkness, you can say, for me. Not poor me. You know what all this is? I got to thinking about this today, and I want to call you everything. Come on, from cursing to everything your in-laws have been through. It's divine. This is divine darkness. Don't blame this on the devil. If the devil's got his hand in it, it's because God let him. But it's divine. Something. God is forming something. Something's coming together. Hallelujah. We see into a glass darker, darkly. But the greatest revival, the greatest, not just your dad's dreams, but your dreams. You had to go through that. Larry Booker's already been through his dark rooms. That wasn't about Bishop Booker. That was about you. I got news for you. Go ahead and clear them grandstands. Quit holding your breath. I think the the crowd's getting smaller and smaller, but if there's still people that critics, he's gonna care. He's gonna go charismatic. Let me tell you something. 
If I was going to go charismatic, I'd have done it a long time ago. I've been, I've been through one too many dark rooms. For some six-foot man with a six-foot-long tongue that wants to hack and whack to remove me from my post. This dark place for you, sir, is about you getting rid of your running shoes. And Jonah, I've got the ability to create a dark room. (laughs) That'll take that out of you. And when you finally come out of this place, brother, your feet won't even think about turning in any direction. But exactly where I told you to go. Israel's circumstances became completely different in a dark place. Young man, it was a dark room. That the boy became a prophet. Wow. It was at night. And all of the confusions that cometh, and all of the uncertainties. Samuel had a good mama. And honestly, I don't have time to preach it, but we don't give Samuel's daddy enough credit. He had a pretty good daddy, too. But that ain't what made the boy a prophet. Eli said, Quit running in here to the light of my candle. You go back in your dark room. And the next time that voice comes, (laughs) it was divine darkness. And the example of all of us, listen, I'm going to give some of you an Easter message if you listen real close. Our master example is born at night. Dies at night. And he's resurrected at night. Go ahead. You go read it. That's what I thought too when the Holy Ghost nudged me with that, but it's there. He came at night. He died at night. And he rose at night. The light simply manifested the supernatural work that happened in the dark. An epiphany is not the creation of something that was never there. An epiphany is when the light comes on and you're able to see what was always there. And so when light filled that Bethlehem place 
when light found its first way, first time, when it found its way through the cracks of a manger. Light said, Emmanuel, God with us. Not that he came. The light revealed that he had always been there. And you want the lights to come on. And God says, this is not what you want everybody to see. I don't want the divine dark place I'm in. I don't want the light to come on when I'm dying. I don't want the light to come on when I'm dying. He was born at night. He died at night. And he was resurrected at night. And contrary to the way that you have fought in this dark place, in this meeting, there has been resurrection power. God is at work in this dark place. God is at work. Germination cannot be seen. Metamorphosis cannot be seen. The supernatural act of scarification when the, when the seed coat is ripped from a seed and germination begins to take place when the temperature of the soil is right is not something that can be seen by the bird's It happens in the dark. Everybody wants the throne. Nobody wants to live in the field. Nobody wants to kill the lion and the bear. Nobody wants to protect the lamb. Everybody wants the crown. Everybody, come on, listen to me. Everybody wants to be in a place of leadership. Listen to me. You do not have a public anointing until first there are some things privately that you have fought your way through. Come on. Jesse did not give David that field. Are you hearing me? Jesse did not give David that field. God gave David that field. Those 20 years after Samuel's anointing, come on, fell out of his vial. Come on. It wasn't, it was not Jesse that gave David that dark field. Are you hearing me? That was not a field of favor or failure. That was a field of favor. That was God giving a young man a treasure. Here, this is divine. Here, this is from me. Here, I allotted this. His parents did this. This has got to be the sin. Uh, is that stuff that happened in his church? Oh, it's that stuff that went on with his parents 10 years ago.
And Jesus stopped the disciples and said, no. This has nothing to do with generations. This has nothing to do with things his parents did or didn't do. This has nothing to do with what a preacher, another preacher did or didn't do. This has nothing to do with the church he came out of her. I did this. That the glory of God might be manifested. This darkness is divine. And I think the blind man, as I'm hurrying to close, exemplifies what one who has been sent into a divine darkness. I think this man exemplifies, personifies what all of us that find ourselves in divine darkness must do. God gives you a word in this meeting. And you may leave and still feel like it's dark. You may go home and preach Sunday morning and the darkness may still be there. You may hit the pulpit after three hours of prayer Sunday afternoon and preach with everything you got and feel like it's falling right out, like dribbling out of the, like dribbling out of the end of a, of, of a bottle, just falling right there, just beyond the pulpit with that blind man. We're not sure how long, but he had a word. And he exemplifies, if you'll put my verse back up there, Isaiah 50. What does a man who has been entrusted with a divine dark place, what does a man, what does a man, what does a man do? What, what does a man, what is his reaction? What is his response? Well, the first thing, the first thing that I'd like to bring your attention says, that walketh in darkness. I hope this is okay, Brother Mayo. You got to do, you got to do just like that blind man. Jesus said this dark thing, it's not about his parents. It's not, well, they're going through that because of that. They're going through that because of that. No, this is about the glory of God. And just like that blind man with a word in your spirit, come on, right there's the answer. That walketh in darkness. You got to keep walking. You got to keep preaching revival. You got to keep preaching your vision. You got to keep, you got to keep telling those people what God told you. You got to keep bringing those prayers before the Lord. Come on, folks. I need you to stir yourself right now. Come on. You cannot neglect your responsibilities. You say it's mundane. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Preach. Preach when you feel like preaching. Preach when you don't feel like preaching. Preach when there's people out there. Preach when there's nobody out there. Preach when you've got faith. Preach. Keep walking. My God, whatever you do, don't stop preaching revival. Don't stop preaching dominion. Don't stop preaching that prayer works. Don't stop preaching that the gospel works. And see, some of you came to this meeting doing this. And I've done it, Brother Haddon. In my trying to find my way through the darkness, I've headed the wrong direction. And it's meetings like this where somebody can get me, turn me back around and say, go back that way. We're going to have revival. My family's going to be saved. We're going to fill our building up. We're going to see the promises of God come to pass. Come
Come on. It's going to happen. I'm going to see my kids saved. God told me it wasn't going to cost me my babies to have revival in this city. I'm going to take my babies back. Come on. We're not going to struggle financially our entire life. Come on. This is divine darkness. But when you're in divine darkness, you just keep walking. You keep praising. You keep shouting. You keep dancing. You keep running. You keep running. What is your name? Abraham. Ask me how many sons I got. How many sons do you have? None. Yet. Ask me, what's your name? What's your name? Abraham. Where's your kids? Where's your kids? I don't have any. Yet. times did he have to stop and ask for directions come on I'm preaching to myself right now we need to quit being afraid to ask somebody would you help me would you pray for me come on could I lean on you a little bit come on is my thinking crazy am I off here come on Come on, and those voices will come to you and say, what's your name? Abraham, where's your sons? I don't have any. Come on, but I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep building altars. I'm going to keep interceding. I'm going to keep having revivals. I'm going to keep coming to summit. I'm Could you tell me where the pool of Siloam is? Could you, could you help me? Could you help me find? It took seven years to get here. Big deal. At least you got there. up in your mind. Hallelujah. I may live the next 10 years them asking me where my sons are, but there's going to come a day I'm going to walk out of this dark place and I'm going to be able to tell them, look at there. Look at there. That was on drugs. That one was on alcohol. That one was on methamphetamine. Look at They're the first one in their family to buy a house. They're the first one in their family to have a college education. Did he not say anyways that we walk by? So a big part of this is please
please don't take this as an insult to your sacrifice. But you wonder how they had all this? You look around here and wonder how they got all this in what? 20, how many years? 25 years. I'm not trying to dumb it down, okay? I'm just trying to help these people. If there's any preacher I know that has figured out what I'm talking about right now, it's that man right there. 20, he didn't know how to build a church when he came here. He had people thought he was nuts for coming here. Am I telling them the truth? What are you doing? People fought him over coming here. People still not happy about him being here. What are you doing up there? You were doing so good evangelizing. Tell them how sweet it is, though, the days that you make the last inquiry. And somebody says, you know what? Actually, you're standing right in front of the pool of Siloam. Tell them how sweet it is. After all the dark days, the divine dark days, when you have finally stumbled your way through all these situations in the dark, when you finally get there, you know what? The waters at that point of the pool of Siloam are so sweet. It'll cause you to forget all of your critics. It'll, it'll cause you to forget all the people. Who say, Look at the spectacle he's making out of himself. Let him, let him trust. Let him walk and trust. How do you walk in the dark and trust? How does your boy, how does a mom that's done everything to raise her boys right? How does she take, how does she take coming home to a note? How do you take walking in and opening his bedroom and the closet's empty? He trust. I wish they were here tonight. I'm going to tell you right now. Nathan and Casey Morton, and that's not because they're personal friends, but they're just doing what they're doing, and they've been doing that in Cheekery for a long time. What everybody else does, they don't gauge what they're doing by what everybody else has done. And those folks have stumbled around and stumbled around and stumbled around until they have stumbled themselves right into what I believe is going to be the greatest, the next great big outburst of revival. But I watched them. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I got a friend right now that's been in this city for five years. God's given him a breakthrough. I've been preaching there on the midweeks. A massive breakthrough. Massive breakthrough. His church on the weekends probably has come close. I'm talking about in the last 12 weeks. His church has come close in the last 12 weeks to doubling on weekends. Doubling. But the darkness he's wandering through. His little wife. It's the same deal. 
It's, it's, it's winning. It's winding. It's, it's working your way through trusting, leaning, leaning on God. <laughs> leaning on God. When you come in, you've seen no sign. There was no sign. Do you hear me? Not a sign. I have quizzed them. I have interrogated. Not a sign. Not a clue. I didn't pick up on it. They didn't pick up on it. And all of a sudden, mom comes home from the grocery store to her son walking out the door. And his dad looks at him and says, you're not going to leave here. You might be 18, but you're not going to leave here without telling your mom bye. And he goes from Sunday on a church pew to walking past his mom. Come on. What, what do you do when he won't answer a text message? What do you do when you go months and all you do... Is is you, is you, all you have is an email address. Are you, is somebody hearing me right now? You don't even have a phone number. You don't know where they're living. You don't even know how they're eating. This boy left the house without a driver's license. He left the house with uh, probably around $100 to his name. What do you do when you go weeks and weeks and the boy won't answer a text message? What do you do? You keep walking and you keep trusting. And you keep leaning on God because this is a different kind of darkness. This is the kind of darkness where there are treasures. It's divine. See, you came to this meeting in the dark about the dark. How long are we going to do this? And I watch Casey. Maybe it's a good thing she ain't here, but I watch Casey. I'm talking about, so it didn't matter to her because her and Nathan were doing this. They had a seat reserved there on the front row that, that was gentry seat. Nobody else could sit there. What do you, and people looked at us and said, That's nuts. That's crazy. That's why we, what? no. I'm walking. And I'm sure a blind man trying to fumble his way around to where God told him to go, I'm sure it's not the most graceful thing you've ever seen in your life. But don't judge my stumbling. I'm pregnant with a promise. God gave me a word. Joel's wife got involved in that. They bought Gentry a shirt. I'm talking about stuff people might say. This is stuff we don't even like to talk about because we're worried about people thinking we're silly. Big deal. Who cares? You just keep mocking. You keep ridiculing. You keep saying, oh, this is not important. Come on. I'm going to keep praying with people. I'm going to keep dancing with people. I'm going to keep coming to meetings like this and leaning on my brothers and leaning on the preacher. Why? Because eventually, hallelujah, I'm going to stumble. You know what I'm talking about. You didn't get to where you're at, Aaron Dansby, without a divine dark place. There were days, come on, boys, it was the last place in the world you wanted to be. Your wife has gone through things in her health. People in your church have gone, come on, tell these people, hallelujah, if you keep walking, if you keep stumbling through it, Come on, if you keep trusting, if you keep. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't say I don't know what I. Yeah, I guess I do. It's God. I decided before I come here, I just, I just look up dark. Just see what Webster said. You know what he defines dark as? When the sun is below the horizon. I almost tore your house apart. That ugly dog you got. That's the ugliest dog I've ever seen in my life. I'm not kidding you, dude. I'd I'd hate to see that joker in the dark right there. I don't even want to encounter stuff like that in the dark. I love you. I don't tell him what that dog thought, but I thought he was going to tear that kitchen apart. Darkness. It's when the sun is just below the horizon. There's still a sun. There's still a horizon. Just can't see it yet. It's coming. And so until I see the sun, what kind of treasure? What kind of treasure you got, Jack? I'm going to tell you right now, everything that you, all that, you, all that Zach and Tiffany's gone through, it's all connected. The stuff you've been through with your mom, the stuff you've been through with your dad. Don't leave here and say it's demonic anymore. This is divine. God trusted you with this. And I, if you'll be honest, and I know you're an honest guy, what I just described, this is what you've been doing. There's a pastor in this place that I know in the Holy Ghost that has never been able to pastor their with their eyes. It's you. If you've done this well in the dark, what are you going to do when the sun breaks the horizon? What? No, no. What's going to happen? You've gone through birth, death, and now resurrection. What's the church in Coleman going to look like? see somebody else celebrating in the light just think of it like this they're in Hong Kong give it a few hours Tim Bass Tim, stand up. You hearing you hearing me right now? Brother Bass, all the darkness you went through. You're gonna see that revival. You're gonna live to see it. It's divine. Not everybody gets to lose a son.
of Satterwhite. You're my hero, man. Cody and Barks ain't never been through anything like you've been through. And what's he do? I know there's a lot of days, Brother Satterwhite, you wonder, what in the world am I doing? I smell the waters of the pool of asylum. Sergeant, am I telling the truth? God's okay, ain't he? He's okay. Is he faithful? Tell these people, you're still healthy enough. Can you stand up on that pew? I want them to see you. Stand, he, use that guy's shoulder right there. He's still healthy enough. Lift both of them hands. Lift both of them hands as a testimony. trusting still praying Calgary you're scattered out across here (laughs) you don't go through what you guys have been through (sighs) David everything that's happened in your family not everybody gets to go through that only the handpicked. <laughs> Jeff Hoffer. <laughs> Bree, where are you at? Holler at me. Are you about to get married? Oh, you better make more noise than that. Are you about to get married? Not everybody gets to go through that. (laughs) And I never see poor me. I never seen poor me. Oh, I've seen a lot of times. I got a lot of text messages from your dad. I was in a lot of meetings with him. Jeffrey was just trying to find his way. Not everybody gets to go through that.
young person, he's trying to shape faith in you. Don't let what your mom and dad's been through make you bitter. Keep walking. Trust. Lean hard. I close with this. A gentleman visited a home for children who could not hear or speak. Joseph Parker is the one telling the story. The visitor was deeply moved, especially by the silence of the children, which which seemed to reflect the silence of their world. He urged to ask them, or he was urged to ask them a question by writing it on the blackboard. Why, even afterwards, he was dumbfounded as to why he scribbled out this question, but nevertheless, he scribbles out on the chalkboard, why did God allow you to be deaf and dumb while I have speech and hearing? Who knows why a man would choose this kind of question in a room full of people that could not hear or speak. Children, nonetheless. And all of a sudden, there's a young man in the back of the room. He didn't wait. He didn't wait to be called on. He didn't wait. He, he felt that he had the answer to this. And, and the man stands amazed, astounded. A later rendition of this said it forever left him marked and changed he said but he watched as the young man responded on the chalkboard to his question again his question was why did God allow you to be deaf and dumb while I have speech and hearing and the young man barely old enough for his writing to be legible on the blackboard scribbles out even so father For so it seemed good in thy sight. And I'm hoping when I I can find somewhere here tonight why did this happen? Why am I having to go through this? Why? I'm hoping that there's been enough revelation in this little time that we've had together that somebody could take the chalk between your fingers as the young man took the chalk between his and says, even so, Father, if it seemeth good to you, who am I to become bitter? Who am I to be angst or angry? I'll lead blindly until it happens. I'll shout blindly 
until it comes to pass. I'll preach blindly until the church fills up. God have mercy. Jesus have mercy. I'll run blindly until until we have that revival. I'll shout hallelujah blindly. Come on. I don't have to see. Come on. Because I know. I know what he said. I'm one that feareth the Lord. I'm one that reverences. I heard his voice. And I may be in the dark with no light. But I'm going to keep walking. Trusting. Leaning. Oh, I hope. Song of Solomon. Is it eight and five, I think. Who is this cometh up from the dark place? <laughs> Leaning on her beloved. Leaning on her beloved. Who is this coming out of the wilderness? Again, he gives us an ingredient of what it takes to walk through darkness. Leaning on him is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of dependability. Walking. orders that's your marching orders until the disciples get to the tomb and in the morning light see that the stone has been rolled away and that it's empty until light reveals the miraculous Walking, trusting, leaning, blind. God, let's pray. I'm done. If you would, thank you for you that have move forward but would you please back up for me brother Mayo I remembered how high we finished last year man that's it is what it is maybe we'll here in a little bit we'll just close our eyes and bounce around like a bunch of crazy people but there's ministry in this here okay the bomb of Gilead's been broken I'm gonna tell you I'm feeling a whole lot better 
I've been feeling pretty, pretty rough the last few days. I've been carrying this while. The bomb of Gilead has been broken. If you're here, again, I don't care if it's 10 people. It's going to be a whole lot more than that because it's where we're at right now. Again, it's not a genocide. It's a genesis. This God's not. This is not something that God's allowed the devil to do. It's going to wipe us all out. This is not about stymieing Pentecost. This is about perpetuating Pentecost into the next generation. If you're here, first I would like ministry. The saints, so so important. If it wasn't for you, there'd be no need for us. So. I definitely want you to be a part of this. But if you're here, on husbands and wives, I want to start with that if you've got your family. If you're not in a dark place right now, you take this and file it away. Do whatever with you want. If you're here and you don't like these kind of deals and, and, and you know, this is emotionalism and I, I, whatever, I, just please don't be a distraction. But if you're here and this makes sense, this explains some things. This is where you're at. And you want this to get deep down in your spirit where you're able to walk, trust, and lean blind. I want a husband ministry first. Saints, I'll tell you when to come. I want the ministry to come first. I want you to step out right now. If this, if this describes where, where you're at and what you're facing. saints there's some room in here get in the aisles if this is you you that are left hey I'm thankful we're not all in the valley at the same time okay but some of you that are out there tonight maybe you're not in a dark place but you know what dark places are like if God moves on you to come down here and stand next to somebody ministry to ministry saint to another saint Kids, if your parents are down here, you need ministry. If you preachers' kids, I want you to get with your parents. I want you to see. Um, feel you feel what I'm feeling in here right now strengthen us God
Don't leave here just feeling like you're stumbling. No, we're going somewhere. It may just look like we're stumbling around. (laughs) But we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Open your mouth, and I want you to begin to cry out to God right now. Come on. cry in frustration even if your cry is frustration open your mouth and cry out Bozolinski not everybody gets to go through what you've got to go through God doesn't trust everybody with what he's trusted you guys with sister Zolinski he doesn't trust every mama with what he's trusted you with this is divine there's still a revival in Medicine Hat. Come on, young person. Come on, saint of God. Come on, I'm preaching to some churches that have been through hell. Lift your voice right now. I'm preaching to some people that have been through some stuff in your marriage. It's fertile. The devil wants you to think this is fatal. Brother Mayo, it's not fatal. It's fertile. It's fruitful. God's forming something in that womb. That's not a tomb. It's a womb. Somebody's got to quit saying, poor me. It's for me. Even so, Lord. Even so, Lord. Come on, that's pretty good. Open up your mouth and cry out. How bad do you want this revival? How determined are you? Come on. How determined are you? Come on, I can't hear you. There's too many things I haven't seen yet. There's too many things that haven't come to pass yet. There we go. Now we're going somewhere. shout. I can shout blind. I don't have to have. Come on, saint of God. Come on, young person. I preach to some young people. This is a defining moment. Come on, God uses, he uses darkness. They're defining moments. Come on. 
Come on, you need to pray until you break through praying in the spirit. Come on, you need to pray until you talk in tongues. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. John's going to leap in somebody's belly. Come on. Every once in a while, God will give us a service like this where he'll let that baby leap to let you know I'm still up to something. I'm still up to something. Come on. I feel something kicking right now. I feel revival kicking. I feel a baby kicking. I feel something letting you know the deal's still on. The deal's still on. Come on. I feel something kicking. Kicking. Come on. Something's kicking. You can't see John yet, but I feel him kicking. He's letting that mama know I'm in here. The promise is still real. I'm still going to do it. Hold on. Look. All right, this is what we're going to do next. Do you know that? Scholars say, for whatever reason, that Elizabeth, that Elizabeth hadn't felt that child move in a while. You go read it, it's there. Several commentaries I read. There was significance, not just Mary showing up, but they're both walking in the dark. Something happens. When two people Little Mary and all her purity and virginity Is getting called a whore Yeah right the Holy Spirit overshadowed her The man she's espoused to Mary's doubting her Wanting to put her away Look what happens on Friday night of Summit When a bunch of blind people unto me according to that word and the only thing she knew to do brother Booker when all her other friends left her come on was to go find somebody else that had something dark going on in their life you get a bunch of needy people together that are wandering around trying to find the pool of Siloam come on you get you get Mary and Elizabeth together come on I'm preaching to some Elizabeths right now some of you it's fresh some of you it's Elizabeth and it's been going on a while and it's been a long time since you felt any movement I'm prophesying to you right now John's about to kick in your spirit and you're going to leave here knowing come on you may not be able to give birth to it tonight but something can leap in this service to let you know God's at work in the dark God's at work in the dark how many be honest right now and say I need I need to feel this baby leap I know what God said I know what God promised but it's just not been a whole lot of movement lately how many of you mamas know what I'm talking about when it's been a while since you felt that baby move? Any honest folks say, I could, I could use a leap. I need to feel something coming. Get ready. It's coming. Get ready. It's coming. You're going to feel. I'm, I'm prophesying to somebody. You're going to feel. In about 30 seconds, you're going to feel what you felt the first time God called you to that city. 
the first time you drove into that city the excitement you're about to feel it something's going to leap in you to remind you of what God said throw your hands up and cry out it's happening right now go ahead there it is there it is there it is leap leap John leap John leap leap John leap John leap John ask me how it is that I still leap John leap John come on if you're praying for somebody pray come on leap leap John let something leap let something kick in the Holy Ghost. Come on. God wants to. Of any special Sing, Chantel. Sing, Chantel. Sing. There's no secret. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let it go. Go ahead. Something's leaping. Something's kicking. Something's moving. What's over? I don't claim to be. Get your hands up. Something's kicking right now. God's not through with you. God's not through with you. I know what you've been through in your family. God's not through with you. That's not a sign that you hadn't been called. I don't claim to be here. This is divine darkness. Would you be a brother that another brother could lean on? Would you be a young person that another young person could lean on? 